Welcome to this episode of Woman to Woman podcast series. Our guest today is Jessica Fairchild. She's a lawyer, law firm leader, women's advocate, and an entrepreneur. She's currently a co-chair of the management committee and a partner at Croke Fairchild Durant and Bears LLC. Jessica co-founded Croke Fairchild in 2019 after having worked in several other law firms which she founded and managed. Over her 21-year legal career, Jessica's principal legal focus has been on corporate mergers and acquisition matters. From 2007 to 2009, Jessica served as general counsel to Chicago 2016, the organization that led Chicago's bid for the 2016 Olympic and Paralympic Games. Prior to that, she was a corporate attorney at Sidley Austin LLP in Chicago. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to Woman to Woman podcast. So excited to have you with us here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. You have your own law firm right in your background. So let's start there and uh, talk about what do you do today? Was that something you always wanted to do? That's a great question. Well, you're right. I do have my own law firm today. I've had this law firm uh, for three years, which I founded with a couple of our other partners. And we've had the good fortune to grow from 10 attorneys to 55 in just three years. I think the the boom from COVID on the legal side has helped a lot. And so today, you know, I'm very excited. We've got 50 attorneys plus, we have 16 practice areas. We are a women-owned, majority women-owned law firm that actually got their WBE certification uh, as well, just as another marker for kind of where we were heading. And uh, a lot of women and diverse attorneys and it's very exciting and uh, looking for more growth opportunities and, you know, to continue to be a big player, hopefully on the legal scene as the as the future goes. And as to your question, did I always want to be here? It's a great question. I I didn't know until after I went through almost all of college that I was going to go to law school. So I was not the the young girl that dreamed of being a lawyer. I, I didn't have lawyers in my family. So finding the law was was somewhat accidental or somewhat, you know, uh, just a coincidence. I did I did always feel like I would be a business owner, though. My my mother was a an entrepreneurial woman, uh, were, always worked as I was growing up, ran businesses as well. And I think somewhere along the way, I found this entrepreneurial spirit, you know, and that's why I have my own law firm today. And I've had some smaller law firms before, but I did always feel like business generally was of interest to me. And now I, you know, I get to bring that all together and having my own business with my my name on a law firm and uh, and it's kind of all come together. Yeah, congratulations. Very few get there so fast. So I'm, I'm super impressed. So congratulations. Oh, well, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And so my background, I've always been a lawyer and practiced 22 years as a lawyer, although I manage today and I kind of manage our firm and lead our firm forward. Uh, part of what I do is lawyer. And so my legal practice is as an M&A and corporate attorney. So I do help companies buy and sell. I have companies and clients that take investments, do corporate work, uh, stay out of the courtroom because that is not a courtroom uh, type role. Uh, I think I, I told somebody the other day, I didn't know where the court was located vis-a-vis uh, -vis my office, uh, but but my role is different. It's much more of a negotiator, a facilitator, a business advisor in my legal role. Uh, and that, I think, plays nicely with trying to build build a business, which is what I'm doing also every day as we try to grow the law firm. So you said something very interesting that as a role, you negotiate quite a bit. So this is the paradox, right? Like women are great negotiators when it comes to others for their household things, when they're buying something, but they are not that great when it comes to negotiating for themselves. So now you being a negotiator, professional negotiator, do you have any tips that we as women should be looking out for? And how can we get better at negotiating for ourselves? 
Yeah, well, those are great questions. And I think even in my daily life, as one who negotiates for a living, there's times where I don't negotiate for myself or I or I deliberately uh, don't engage in that negotiation. And I think I've learned through my career that whether it's a negotiation or not, there are women need to learn to ask for what they need in their career. And I have very clear examples where I've practiced in different settings. I mentioned the law firm that I have and run today, but I've been in different settings before, including in a very large law firm where I started my career. And one of the things that I did kind of six years in was I asked for a particular role or position or to be put in a particular position. And at the time, I probably hadn't thought a lot about, well, I need to ask about, you know, I need to take care of myself. I need to ask for what I need. But looking back, that's exactly what I did. And that that ask, although I felt I sort of earned the opportunity, I learned I earned from my hard work and the relationships, you know, the right to to be placed in this position or to have this opportunity really changed the trajectory of my career. So I, I think it's absolutely important. And I tell younger attorneys and women all the time that it's important to negotiate for yourself, to be thinking of yourself. You know, obviously we all work in businesses and have careers where the company comes first and we're all team players. And I think women tend to default to that team player thought and attitude. And I certainly was one, but I can really point to this very you know, important time in my life where my career totally changed direction because you know, one day I woke up and said, hey, there's an opportunity here. I think this would be a good fit for me. I'm not sure I will be considered for this or that somebody will see it the way I do unless I raise my hand or I step forward and I did just that. And so I've really learned, uh, and I do see it too for women that work for us and that I know from from all the walks of life, that, that women are often uh, not fearful, but they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to ask. They feel like that will shine badly on them. And and I think, you know, my my encouragement would be you know, you don't you don't get it unless you ask, and there can always be a no or a negotiation around that. But really, women need to to ask for more and to stand up for themselves and to negotiate, as you said, when there's opportunities in front of them. So along the way, did you have any role models or mentors that really helped you? We know a few things ourselves, but then these people really help you clarify those thoughts. Sometimes the whole thought process. So that stays with you for the rest of your life. So were there people like that for you? Yes, there, there certainly were. I, I I know many people have stories where they share, I've had a mentor for 25 years and it's been the same mentor and they've stayed with me during my career. I don't have that story, but I do have, because I've practiced and been in multiple different settings, You know, from big law to now my firm, which is a mid-sized firm, and then some things in between, I do have you know people in my, at different at different stages within those different roles that supported me and i would call them more sponsors or supporters rather than mentors because i didn't personally i didn't have those relationships where we got together once a month and always sat down for coffee or a breakfast or a meal and i had that chance to ask questions but work, what worked well for me was just finding those people that i clicked with who i worked well with and then kind of from there fostering their support you know, when I had a key issue or key concern, asking their advice, I was always mindful and sensitive. And I am I'm even now today, not to overburden anybody, but I always, I do feel like I sought off people that I was kind of close with and I felt a personal connection to who I think felt that back. And I was able to find, you know, ways to seek out their advice. It, it maybe not have been on a regular basis, but they've supported me, as I mentioned, with that ask that I was talking about. 
I got there because I think I had one or two supporters who thought, okay, what you're asking for is a great idea. I think it would be good for your career. I think it would be good for our company. Yes, we can support that. And they were sponsors, if you will, right, for what I asked for. And since then, I continue. Some of those relationships still exist. But as I've moved into new roles, I found other people who want to help and have have uh, offered support maybe in different ways, whether providing me business opportunities. I do, you know, as my role is bringing in business in, in part, providing me business opportunities opening doors for me when I make an ask. And again, learning to make that ask, uh, it may just be, it may seem like a small thing, but even those small things can make a big difference in someone's career or the opportunities they see. So mine have been less, hey, will you be my mentor? I haven't asked anybody, will you be my mentor? And although I've gotten that ask back and I, I really think it's a it's a smart ask, mine were relationship driven, kind of you know based on the roles we were in and trying to find people who, who could just be there, you know, kind of day in and day out, small questions, just advice. And that could open doors for me and just make a new connection if I needed it. So, and those have been all very helpful at the different stages. I recommend that highly. I, I think it's very personal and I don't think there's a one size fits all. And you've got to find what you're comfortable with and what you think the folks on the other side of that ask are comfortable with. And, you know, it's not a one fits all model. And, you know, I found those relationships uh, that kind of happen naturally to sort of be the best for me. Asking for help is so important. And I don't think we do that enough. You know, we hesitate to ask thinking, what is the other person going to think? But I feel everybody wants to help. If somebody asks, you know, you will make time for them and do it. Um, and part of it also is something you just talked about, right? It's networking, building those connections, making those relationships so that you feel comfortable asking, whether it's advice, it's help or whatever else. What has networking been for you? And did you have any certain approach to networking that has really helped you? That's a great question as well. I feel like that's evolved for me over time. And I probably, as a young lawyer working in a big law, there's a lot of work coming at you. And it's easy to forget, either forget or put networking on the back burner. Certainly there's internal networking, but it's easy to kind of forget about that or not prioritize it. In that environment, there's a lot of work to be done and a lot of long hours. And I feel that I did not focus in the early stages of my career enough on networking. And as I've grown and as I've met more people because I have changed roles, which is, you know, caused me just to meet new people, which is a wonderful thing for growing your network. As I've gotten more senior in my career, I've really felt like, okay, now's the time to refocus on networking. And, and for me, it's it's certainly been about putting myself out there to meet as many new people as possible. And obviously I'm a lawyer, so that comes with other lawyers, but it also comes with entrepreneurs. I'm, I'm building a business. Uh, I'd like to know how other founders in other businesses are growing their businesses and what they see as successful tactics for that. So as I've gotten more senior and I've, I've been out of law school now for 22 years, I've sort of redoubled my efforts on networking really from just learning as much as I can, meeting meeting new faces and you know, not all of it's going to drive a business or a, a business victory, but just kind of growing as a person and, and learning and uh, just being open to all those relationships. So I found having time on the calendar every week at this stage in my career and making sure that each week as that goes by, I'm scheduling time for networking, which is also sometimes business development in our world, but just growing my network. And some of those will be great connections that I'll keep up with for years to come. Some might fall by the wayside, but I think being very intentional about it and, and allowing time for it and, and saying this is a priority for me 
has has really helped and really worked because I think it's easy to to not do that. And for me, it's kind of about learning and developing uh, new relationships. And a lot of that, because I'm a corporate M&A lawyer, is a lot of men as well. Uh, it doesn't have to just be women. I think we can all learn a ton from each other. So while I feel like early time in, early time in my career, I didn't spend enough time on that. Now as my own business owner, and I've, I've had multiple businesses and law firms leading up to this, it's been a real part of my focus. And I would encourage any young woman to make sure that that's part of their part of their world now. And I think the younger generation does do that and make sure that they're they're putting time and effort into that. And it's hard because reaching out to people you don't know, having conversations with people that you don't know, that's intimidating. That's really intimidating. Um, but know that it can be the same way for the, the folks on the other side and that everybody's there to just gain knowledge and experience and and see how everybody can help one, each, one another. So when I have that attitude and I make time for it and I prioritize it, uh, I've, I've found that one, I've done it and that it's really been fruitful and enjoyable. So law is a very, it's a man's world out there. <laughs> it's changing. It's definitely changing a lot now. But when you got out of school, it was very different, not like today. Yep. Did you face any perceptions that are very typical for women? How did you overcome those? I think one of the things when I when I went into my large law, law firm environment, because I wanted to practice corporate and business law, there were less women. Just just naturally, I think women were self-selecting to other groups and less interested in sort of the business side. Other found things more interesting. So I, I started off in a group with fewer women to begin with. I was all about work. I didn't share a lot about myself personally. It was a work focus. It was a when I was at work, it was mostly about work. I as a young lawyer, I didn't share my life and what was going on outside of the office because I felt like, and, and I, I think this is wrong now, but I felt like you know no one wanted to know about me. It was, I was there to do a job and I should focus on the job. And particularly because there were a lot of men and, you know, it took me a while to, I think, develop into being comfortable to share my life and my life stories and, and really be my authentic self. And that was probably my own. Nobody ever said anything to me to that degree. I just felt I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to work hard. I'm not going to bring my home life into work. It's going to be about work. And and now looking back, you know, I, I I regret that I wasn't maybe as authentic with myself as I could have been. You know, I I wanted people to get to know me. I think that helps build relationships. And remember, you are who you are, right? Obviously, you can think about what you want to share on a daily basis with with those around you. But I think letting people into your life a little bit more, I, I think I could have done a better job of that. And I say that because you know, we try to foster a very, in our law firm, a very authentic, open environment. Uh, we want we want to hear what's going on with people. We want to know about their kids and their their wives and significant others or their family, what they like to do in their free time. I really think that I had this predisposition that if I was talked about my my home life or other things outside of work, that I wasn't going to be successful. The, and, and that wasn't true. But I would say uh, I didn't face any sort of oh, well, women can't do this or stereotypical things. I think it was my own biases that sort of impacted me. And I would, you know, looking back, I wish I, I had a lot of great success and I, I would not I would not change my trajectory, but I just wish I had been more open about who I was and, you know, what made me happy and what made me tick. I think it would have helped foster relationship. I felt like I think I was hard to warm up to, if that makes sense, because I was driven and focused. And so people could have gotten to know me better. I could have gotten to know them better if I had been you know, more authentic, more open and and shared more. I think that was my own biases that kind of led me to act a certain way that if had I gone back, I would have I've loved to change 
kind of what I was thinking going into to my first job right out of law school. But that is so true. Like when we share our authentic selves, sometimes you actually have a chance for deeper, meaningful relationships, right? It's not just work, as you said. I was the same way my first job. It was all about work being very professional. <laughs> we never discussed anything outside of the eight to five that needed to be discussed. So yeah. things have changed and I'm so glad to see that they've changed for the better. So you actually get to know people. Sometimes that extra mile you have to go as a team is so much easier when you know each other on a personal level. Absolutely. And you know, you ask about, I'm in a law firm world and there are more men in law. And, you know, I think it's a, it's a continuing need for the legal profession to support women staying in their jobs, in their roles, because life changes, priorities change. People have families, they get married or, you know, they have a loved one who's sick or you may be all of those things. And so it's it's important that we find ways that that women can maybe work differently. That's been a big theme at our firm, which is, okay, not everybody doesn't have to work the same way exactly. We don't have to work the same number of hours. There's opportunity and, and women tend to get more impacted by this, right? Family needs, needs of relatives, other things like that. And so we've really worked hard to kind of build an environment where if, if you need to work at a 50% schedule, 75% schedule because of this, or that's just what you want from your career and your work-life sort of balance, if you will, that we can accommodate that. I think there's way more of that today than there was when I started in law because it was more of a one-size-fits-all box. And I think even, even big law firms have come a long way. That's where I started. They've come a long way. A firm our size, which is 50 attorneys, a real big theme was never. everybody doesn't have to be exactly the same. You can bring what you can bring to the table, and that can be extremely valuable to our firm, our clients, the workforce generally. And so we've tried to create a lot of opportunity where you know you don't have to look like one thing. You can be yourself. You can bring to the table what you have and that can work work great. And we can create opportunities for, for women and, and other attorneys. It's not just women to kind of work in those kind of roles. So I think, I think law has come a long way and I think it will continue to evolve. So majority of the caregivers in families are women, as you had just pointed out. So we have inherently either decided we want to take more or it just falls on us, but we tend to do more in terms of what the family needs. So when you had kids, how did that work out? Yeah, that's such a hard thing. I mean, it's a, it's a hard decision to make and how to balance that. And I've been saying lately, well, there's no, there isn't really work-life balance. There's a, there is a balance and there's a way to kind of go about doing it all. For me, I will tell you, building a support network at home was critical. And that doesn't have to look the same for everybody, I realize. But wor what worked well for me in order to allow me to return to work and focusing on work was making sure I had great Childcare. I, I had to have the right solution for childcare. I ultimately had two children, still do today, have two children. <laughs> uh, and they, but they needed more support than I could offer when I was focused on work. So we, we had a nanny. Uh, that was the choice we made. Somebody who's flexible schedule wise, who could flex up and down, who could be available, who came to our home and made things easier. That was a huge thing before my kids were in school. And I'll be honest that my husband, even then and now my husband and I have a very give and take relationship. He plays a very big role with my kids. He's not a stay at home uh, dad. He works a full time job, which often as well can be busy. But we found that we just had to kind of both pitch in. And so he's always been the type of person who extremely helps with my kids, right? Very involved father. Uh, very helpful from whether it's organizing their sports or getting them to school, putting them to bed. We sort of trade off each other. And I would say it's a flexible, okay, who's more busy today? Who's going to do this? 
But having somebody who understood, really, I think he understood that work was always very important to me. That's it's the truth. I, I, I sort of some of my thrive and my passion is around my career and having having that be the way I needed to look to feel uh, fulfilled by that. And he's always been very supportive of that. So I think between you know, making sure our kids were always taken care of and his support, I've been able to focus on my career at the level I wanted to. And I think that's an open dialogue with your partner. If you have a partner, I think that's planning to make sure you always feel like you're, if you have children, your kids are taken care of and what structure is going to work to allow you to do your job. And honestly, as we talked about, you know, for some women, it could be working part-time, right? Working only certain days a week and having help on the others. Uh, for me, I went back to work full-time. So we had full-time coverage. You know, again, not a one size fits all for every woman. Your goals are different. And I would have been worried all the time if I hadn't really found somebody to help with my children kind of that gave us flexibility. If I couldn't get home because I had a five o'clock phone call, which often will come up last minute, you know, I didn't need to walk at the, in the door at a certain time. I didn't need to be home. Somebody who was flexible and, and was okay with that. So I think finding what works for you with your partner, if you have one, or finding that support network outside of that, that could be family, a nanny, other childcare. I will say I was lucky enough at the time I had my kids to have my own law firm. That that was a predecessor to what I have now. And that just gave me a lot of flexibility, right? Because if, if I, couldn't, I couldn't get on a specific call, I knew my clients very well. They were flexible with me too. So I was able to create, at least when my kids were young, which is the time often where they need the most hands-on yeah. attention. I was able to create a flexible environment at that time. And I think that served me well. You know, just knowing what your limits are and what your goals are, being real clear, you know, is it, what do I want to achieve? You know, is it is it more important for me to be there for every, you know, event my kids are at? Or am I the type of person that's driven by the career? And I, I kind of know where I fit on that. So I don't want to say I didn't prioritize my children, but I always kind of was able to create an environment that I knew they were taken care of while I, you know, also could kind of strive for those career goals that were important to me. What has been the hardest decision in your life and how has that changed you? I will say this was not a decision that I made, but the one that impacted me strongly, and it would be, a, there was probably personal ones, but my career, I'm on the career side. I didn't touch on this, but part of my role was I was the uh, general counsel for the Olympic bid here in Chicago at one point in time in my career. And that was from about 2007 to 2009. That was a full-time job for me. It brought together a lot of uh, just exciting things for me. I was a college athlete. I played tennis all my life growing up. That had been a big part of my life. And now I moved into this role where I was acting as a general counsel of a, a kind of a sports-oriented, high-profile, entrepreneurial, fun organization. But it had a shelf life because one day, you know, there's a decision and the Olympic Games go to one city only. And for in our case, it was, I think, October 9th, the... Uh, 2009 or October 2nd, 2009, and Rio won the Olympic Games. And that was not a decision I made, but that was a decision made on that day that in theory could have cratered my whole career because I had worked three years uh, with the hope that I would have another seven, eight, nine years to work on this project as a lawyer and one who was a sports enthusiast. And just one day that all fell down. I have obviously had no control over that. We, we had put the best bid forward, but you know, when you've worked hard for something and spent a lot of time on it, invested a lot, you know, personally and professionally, it's hard to have that happen because, you know, you don't control it. It may not go your way and it, it didn't. And, you know, I had to that at that point really kind of step back and say, 
what what's next for me, right? That was a one, you know, I, I had a few more months of finishing up work, but then I knew that was done. And so what was the next step going to be in my career after, you know, I had poured my heart and soul and my sweat and tears into this, you know, not a decision I made, but then I had to be very strategic about what did I do after that? Wanted to have a family. How was that going to fit in the picture? I think it's just changed me to be just being resilient. For me, from a career perspective, it's not been one path. I've gone in different directions. I have had multiple roles leading up to where I am now, but all those experiences have really led me to be the person that I am today, have led me to be hopefully the leader I can be for this new organization that I'm in, strengthen my ability to lead others, mentor others. And so that was a dis- obviously a very disappointing experience. I've gone on, right? I have a new a new position, a role I'm really enthusiastic about, a firm that I'm enthusiastic. So, you know, learning that I guess there's ups and downs in the process and any career, I think we're going to have ups, we're going to have downs. And, you know, we've got to pick ourselves back up and find out what's next and what's meaningful for us. And that gave me the chance to kind of reset things. And I know I wouldn't be here today. Taking the risk to form my own law firm and kind of getting on the managerial side and the operational side had I not had that particular role at that time, even though one day, poof, it was gone. But congratulations. Not a lot of people have worked on something that exciting. You know, even if it didn't happen, at least you went through the motions and you know more about how to get Olympics to a city than most of us can even think of. Well, LA will have the Olympics in 2028, I believe is the year. Again, LA again. But no, it's very exciting to see them, what they're able to do. They're going to have a great Olympic Games. But yes, it was was kind of one of those roles. And I mentioned how I you know, I had to ask for the the opportunity before. Well, that was the opportunity. And there's a long story kind of behind it, but I didn't go in with the general counsel title, but I ultimately secured that, was able to be the general counsel. And part of it was because, you know, somewhere in the background, I made an ask for somebody to support me. And, you know, it was a great experience and one that I, even though we lost, I would not change. And you mentioned that we talked about networking, great opportunity to meet a lot of really exciting and interesting people who have had an impact on my career, you know, from that point on. You have had so many different clients, conversations, roles, and you've seen a lot of women in your career, right? Either working for them or they are working for you. What are some of the things that we can really work on to get better at, you know, getting the most of any situation, whether it's personal or professional? Yes. Well, of course, these are my opinions. I think I've already talked about making that ask, right? Looking for that opportunity and and being mindful that if you ask, you know, it should be not not bashful to do that. I think that's important. For me, taking some risk has paid off. And I know all of us have different personalities. A risk for women, I think, tend to be more risk averse, right? And I've found that when I've sort of taken a risk, I've been able to see that turn into positive return. So, you know, after having that Olympic bid experience, I opened my own law firm at one point in time. That that has led to where I am today. And people would say to me, well, how, how do you do that? You know, do you have clients? Do you have a business plan? You know, that seems like a high risk proposition because you're betting on yourself. I think that's somewhat true, but I felt that that was a time in my career I could take that risk and I believed in myself and I believe that it would pay dividends down the line. So I think taking the right degree of risk and being somewhat open to taking risks can really pay dividends. And I know a lot of people don't want to do that. And it depends on your situation because that means different things to different people. So I think being able to take risks, make asks, and honestly, know from the beginning of your career, 
that you do control defining your career. Someone else doesn't have to define what your career looks like. Look at me now. I have a law firm with my name on the door and and we have 50 attorneys. We're growing and I've had smaller law firms before, but you know, nobody told me, oh yes, that's what you should do. I said, this is what I want my career to look like. At some point, you've got to grab that bull by the horns and say, this is what I want my career to look like. Yes, when you're young, that may be hard. You need more experience and more more relationships, more time for that to sort of simmer and percolate. For me, at some point realizing, oh, I, I can define my own career. I don't need somebody to define it for me has been really an eye-opening thing and experience. Understood that I could have more control over what direction I was going to go in. Um, even though I've always been in law, I've just told you I I had a much different experiences in different roles. Once I realized I kind of was in the driver's seat and that I could control at different times, you know, where I was working, how I was working, uh, how much I was working. That was very empowering, really. You know, you don't have to fit into one role or one box. Look for opportunities to to, to define where you want to go. So on a personal note, you're an aspiring singer. What are you doing about it? (laughs) Well... I would say that if you asked me one of the things that I would love to do was just sing. I don't do a lot of it. And and frankly, if my kids hear me sing or my family hears me sing, it's it's usually not the most complimentary words I get back. But I think if I was, a, you know, we talked before, if I was to have a different role and a different career, what would I love to do? I would love to sing. I think that's just a very freeing. And I'm always very impressed with the voices that I hear and the people that I see that have that attribute. So I would love to be a singer. I'm not doing anything actively about it because I'm not that good. But someday, you know, maybe maybe that'll change. But I that would be my one. If I could change things and I had the superpower, I would love to be a, a really uh, talented singer. You, you have the voice for it. That's all I can say. You know, you, you have a great voice, so you should go for that. Jessica, this was such a pleasure. Any final comments for our listeners? First, I want to thank you for having me here. This is great. Your podcast is great. I think all of the the prior guests that you have on have shared great wisdom. So I, I hope that people will find this helpful. I would say a career is a journey. That is how I viewed it. It has to fit with your life and your life goals. I've learned a ton on my way and I've just been open to new possibilities. So, you know, look for new experiences, look for new opportunities that challenge you, that may present risks. And I think that's the way to go. And then, you know, hopefully you'll get to a point like me where you're like, get to look back and say, wow, I've done a lot. And I'm really proud of all that. Thank you so much, Jessica. This was a great conversation and we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.